Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast is sponsored by Yaakov Shirazi for the Rufuah Shalema of Aviva Shabu Bat Mas'uda. And on the occasion of Rosh Chodesh Sivan, La'atzlacha Bakomikol Kol, for success in everything. Rabotai, in the beginning of our parasha, we read about the counting of each one of the 12 tribes. And there's an interesting anomaly which is pointed out. It's a difference of one letter. But what we learn from this one letter, or rather, more, to be more exact, the absence of this one letter, is a remarkable idea. The Pasuk says, B'nei Naftali toldotam lemishpechotam lebet avotam. Each one of them, when it says that exact sentence, it says, Libene Asher, Libene Gad, Libele Dan. But only when it comes to the tribe of Naftali does it say, Bene Naftali. Without the letter, Libene Naftali. And why is that? So the Ba'ala Turim gives one answer. His answer is that the reason why it says, Bene and not Libene, is because. <clears throat> In Shevet Naftali, most, <coughs> most of the, uh, the tribe, they had an excess of women in the tribe. It was far less men than women that were born into the Shevet of Naftali. And therefore, the Biracha of Naftali reflects this. It says, Naftali ayala shilucha hanotenim reshafer. The Roshet Tevot, the first letters in the words, ayala shilucha hanoten, a, uh, a deer that is sent, Hanotenim Reshafer, that gives words of beauty. So, Ayala Shilucha, Hanoten is the letters of Isha. It spells that word. So, Naftali had many, many daughters, and Bezat Hashem, Hashem should bless Shevet Naftali with tremendous riches, because marrying off all those daughters is going to be a big challenge. Rabotai, but uh, a second answer is brought down by Rav Ruven Karlinson. A magnificent idea in the name of the Nitziv. And I think that there's a tremendous lesson that we learn, which is uh, uh, maybe perhaps external to the point that he's trying to make, but nonetheless something magnificent. So the Nitziv wrote as follows. He says, the reason why it says Bene and not Libene um, is because <clears throat> when they were counting all of the Jewish people, so how did they count the Jews? We had to know each person, the Gilgulgolet, the Rosh, the head. We needed to know each person's name in order to count. So every person wrote, like you go when you're sending your name to your travel agent, Shlomo Farhi, Hannah Farhi, except that they would add the name of the father as well. So they had a petek on each one and, a, and the tribe. They wrote, each person wrote their name, the name of their father, and they put it in the box. In this box now, they count up all the names. How many names are there? 600,000, 603,550. This is how you know that they had not yet been to Syria because if they'd been to Syria, no one would have let them say 550. Either way, the point is, there's so many Jews counted in this box. Hazaku Baruch. But now they finished this, the, the global number, 603,550, Hazaku Baruch. Now I need to know how much is in each Shevet. So what happens? They took all this box with 603,550 names and each, the head of the Shevet, each Nasi took a name and it says, okay, this tribe is Yehuda. So they took it out and they said, Libnei Yehuda. So from the box of Bnei Israel, this one was Libnei Yehuda. This one was Libnei Reuven. They put it in another box. Libnei Shimon, Libnei Gad. Each one was to the sons of, to the sons of, to the sons of. 
But after each na- nasi took theirs, there was one nasi left at the end. And who was that? Naftali. He didn't need to take his petek, his pieces of paper, into another box. He was the one that was left at the end. He was the last one that was counted. So it's not Libene Naftali. Who's remaining in the original box? Bene Naftali. Therefore, the Pasuk is Middayek. It specifically uses the exact verbiage that would reflect what was going on at the time. It wasn't chosen, taken out, Libene to this Shevet, but rather Bene, those who were remaining in the big box. And I had myself a very simple question. This sounds like the giant, a colossal pain in the neck. Why? Instead of putting all the pieces of paper in one giant box, all they needed to do was everybody should collect the piece of paper in their shevet, count up how much you have, and then there's this amazing technique called addition, and then you would add up all the numbers, you know how many there were? Not only that, you fulfilled the obligation of counting each head. You fulfilled the obligation of counting them by name. All you did was save the Nisi'im. Could you imagine? I don't know if you ever noticed this. Sometimes you have a little mixture of items. You need to pick out all the, you know, if you have foreign money. Has that ever happened? A bunch of coins? You need to separate the coins? It takes you an hour if you have a thousand. Could you imagine if you needed to divide this box of over 600,000 names into 12 Shivatim? What a nightmare that was. Why'd they do it? Why didn't they put all the, each one in their own box? The answer is Rabotai. It's fascinating. The answer is because that's not how Am Yisrael is counted. Am Yisrael is not counted as separate Shevatim. Am Yisrael is counted as everybody, as it says in the Pasuk, Se'u, I want you to count, Et Rosh B'nei Yisrael. Do you remember the end of the Pasuk? What comes before the Mishpichot Before those words. Et Kol Adat B'nei Yisrael. Then it says, So they were following exactly the structure of the Pasuk. Count the Jews. How? All of them. And then, And then count them to their names and to their Shevatim separately. Am Yisrael is an agglomeration of each and every Jew from each and every tribe. The divisions that come in, they come in after. First you're a Jew. Then you're from Shevet Naftali. First you're a Jew. Then you're a Syrian or Ashkenaz or a Hasidish or whatever. We are part of one big family. And to count them separately first would to be, would, were to be giving them an identity that would supersede and would precede their Jewish identity. And therefore it was important to put them in, in, the, uh, in the first big box. And then afterwards, were the Nisi'im able to deliver and to delineate each one according to their tribes? Rabotai, I want to share one last idea, which is the idea I said to you, which I thought was very important. Aside from the beautiful idea of Jewish unity that we witnessed the other day, 50,000 people walking down the street here on Yom Yerushalayim, magnificent. What a Kiddush Hashem, maybe more, 100,000. Who knows how many people there were? It was unbelievable. I'm sure they'll give us the number soon. All I can tell you is that in this synagogue, where we did the opportunity to have the shuk, there were 2,865 Jews. I don't know what Shevet they were from. I don't know if they were Ashkenaz. 
I don't know if they were Hasidish. I don't know where Mishpichotah and Beit Abutam. I know that there were 2,865 Jews in this building, Rabotai. And we as a synagogue are very proud to have brought them together for tefillah, for mincha on the hour, for kosher food, uh, and to come together in a beautiful way. Rabotai, but there's one last point I want to make before I let you go to start your work, like we just read in Barachi Nafshi. And that is this point. You look at this Shevet uh, Naftali, and they're the ones that are left to the end. Why were they the ones? They're not the youngest tribe. Why were they the ones? It's a good question, right? Now what's interesting is, they're not even the youngest of the tribes that were born to the Shefachot. How, how does it go? Ruven Shemon, Levi, Yudai, Yisachai, Zavolun. God, Naftali, Dan. There you go. So they're not even. They're not even the last of the Shivachot. What's the reason? Someone said, "Oh, Rabbi, it was because they were mostly women." Barmenan. That's not the reason. It's not true. Listen to this. Amazing. Who's the one that gets left last? Always, the one that ha- hangs out in the back of the shul, the one that tells you, Rabbi, if you need 10, call me. Yeah, and he please don't call me unless you need 10. The guy that doesn't give the money for the project until the end. Who's the guy who's left in the box after all the other names have been picked? It's the laziest one. There had to be a shevet that was going to be relegated to, the, to be last in the box. There had to be a Shevet that was going to do the thing that the lazy Shevet does. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, let it be, Shevet Naftali. What was the Berachai mentioned to you earlier? Naftali Ayala Shilucha. When we reference Zirizut, the speed of something, what, what do we refer to when we talk about doing something with Zirizut? Heve, Rabbi Yudabin Temah used to say, Heve, Ratz Katsevi. Who, who is the model of Zerizut? The Tsevi, the deer. Who's the model of Zerizut? Naftali. When Naftali, when they needed to get documents from back in Egypt at the burial of Yaakov Avinu, who did they send? They sent Naftali. Naftali Ayala Shilucha. There's a danger when it comes to bed midot, putting a person in a situation where there's a bed mid, where a person a bed midah is brought out. So whenever you have a situation like that, the one you stand up in a challenging position is the one who naturally is the one that is least, he is least damaged by it. He's impervious to that situation. Rabotai, that's why the Kohanim were given the job that they were given. I understand it was supposed to be initially the Bechorot, but why after it was not going to be the Bechorot? How come it was given to Shevet Levi? How come it was given to the Kohanim? You know what the answer is, Rabotai? Unfortunately, sometimes you have people who are in positions of power in the Rabbanut that they get swayed by money. Of all the tribes, Rabotai, in Egypt, when we went down to Egypt in the beginning, and the Egyptians said, we're going to pay you very handsomely for your work. Of all the tribes, who was the one tribe that didn't bend to the money and stayed in the Beit Midrash? Only Levi. Only Levi. Rabotai, because of that, Levi never went down, they never became enslaved in Egypt. 
So since they didn't go on day one, when the Egyptians were promising big money, they never wound up becoming slaves. Because how did they make them slaves? They gave them a huge number of money. They said, Paro's going. All the Egyptian nobles are going. How could you be different than everybody else? Everybody said, oh, all the Egyptians are going? Okay, we got to go too. How we're not going to seem patriotic. Uh, you know what? Also, they're paying well. They decided they're all going to go. The second day, two days later, what happens? Paro slinks away. The nobles slink away. What happens a day later? The Egyptians slink away. But they're still paying well. The Jews are still working. Now they know how many bricks each and every Jew is capable of producing when they're really motivated by the money. Then they said, okay, chalas with the money. Now you produce 52 bricks. 52 bricks, that's so many bricks. You didn't have a problem when we were paying you $1,000 a brick, Rohi. Now you produce 52 bricks every day. If there was going to be a people that were not going to be swayed by the matnot kihuna, by the gifts that are given to Kohanim, by the, uh, the uh, extra portions that were given to them in the, in the Beit HaMikdash, by the 24 different gifts, which Shevet was it going to be that was going to remain pristine? Shevet Levi. And therefore, when something comes up, which is an Isayon for somebody, who gets chosen for that thing? A person who has a natural strength to be able to defeat that Nisayon, Rabotai. This leads us to an unbelievable insight in the way human beings can perceive challenges. We described the other day that when a person sees that things are difficult for them, we described the method that's expressed in the Gemara, where the Gemara says if a person sees he's suffering from anything, what does he do? Let him check his actions. Has he done a sin that he's being punished for? And if he hasn't done a sin, he should ask himself if he was mevatel Torah, if he did bitul Torah, if he didn't learn, or he's not studying. He's, and I always saw in that Gemara, that the first thing is, am I doing something wrong? The second question is, am I, am I capable of doing more right? So maybe I'm not doing anything wrong, but I'm underproducing compared to what I could be doing, which means that in and of itself is something wrong. And if the person, he sees it's not this and it's not that, then what does he say? He says, Yisurin shel ahava. It's Yisurin of love. I don't understand what that means. What does it mean, Yisurin of love? Did you ever say to your wife, Rohi, I love you so much. Let me punch you in the face. Yisurin shel ahava. A guy gets dragged at the bed into the court. The court says, Mehila, um, we're going to take away your children. Someone called the uh, social services on you. You was punching your kids. You slapping your kids. What are you going to say? The father going to say, oh, duh. you completely misunderstood. It was Yisurin Shalahava. What does that mean? The answer is, Rabotai, Yisurin means to guide. Yisurin Shalahava means when Akadosh Baruch loves a person, he looks at the person and says, hold on a second. I know that I can guide him to a higher path, but it needs to be done in a way where the person is challenged. So sometimes a person can look at the challenges that are coming their way and say, if Hashem is giving me this, it must be that the kohot that it takes to, uh, to super, to, to, uh, to, excuse me, to rise above what I'm being given must be that those are inherent traits in my character traits. Rabotai. It must mean that I'm incredibly brave. If this is going to be something which is going to isolate me, it must be that I'm a creative self-starter and I can do this by myself. Sometimes a person doesn't know the kohot that they have, but you can read into what they are based on the job that was given to you. I want to ask you a question, Rabotai. Imagine, God forbid, you had amnesia or Alzheimer's. One day you woke up, you didn't remember who you were. You have no idea, but you feel very embarrassed. You're not going to ask anyone. All of a sudden, someone comes in and they say, uh, Boss, 
uh, I want you to sign these papers. You think to yourself, oh, magnificent. You look at the papers, what do you see on the top is your name. So you look at the paper and you see from the job, from the job they're bringing you, you look, you see your name. Not only that, you see at the top, you see what are they doing? They're buying a building. Now you know what's your job. Your job is in real estate. Rabotai, if you want to know what your kohot are, who you are, look at the jobs God is sending you. What are you working? Look at the job. Do you work in standing up for uh, Am Yisrael? Do you work in gi- giving out tzedakah, which is the midah of, of generosity? What, 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 do I, what do I have in my tool belt? I can figure out from the challenges that God is sending me. That's what Yisurin Shel Ahava means. If I love you, I can't see you be underdeveloped. Now I'll tell you this. If you have your son in the office, Rabotai, and you know he's doing well, and everyone's like, oh, he's so smart. But you know this guy, this kid, he's such a genius. He's so smart. You had such a trouble with him when he was a young kid because no matter what you did, the kid was smarter than you. Anyone have a kid like that? Kids sharp like a whip. So for everybody else, the kid is doing well. But for me, I know the kid's not producing half of what he could. So I'm going to dock his pay. And everyone's like, what's going on? The kid, Hazid, is amazing. He's here every day. And you're like, you don't know him like I know him. If I give him this incentive, this kid's going to come out, he's a lion in sheep's clothing. But the only person that can know that for sure is a father. That is Yisurin Shal Ahava. May we be Zohar Abutai to bring out our fullest potential, to be Ayala Shilucha, even in situations where everybody else could become lazy from them, to reach deep into ourselves and recognize that I, I am impervious to these nisyonot because the only reason why God would be sending them to me is if this is my specialty. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.